everybody. Welcome to the first podcast episode with 67 Degrees. We're still playing around with the name of the podcast. So if you have suggestions, drop it in the comments. But we are here with the most amazing artist residing in Franklin, Massachusetts. Okay. She came into our brewery one day and I just felt the vibes and I went to her table. I, I invited myself <laughs> to her table with her husband and I was there for like an hour. I'm like, wow. I don't, I wonder if they came in to hang out with each other, but hey, I'm in it. <laughs> and they were so welcoming, shared their life stories with me. It was like no walls up and we got to have authentic conversations. And I remembered that conversation and spoke to Olivier about it. And it was really wonderful when you came back and agreed to do a paint night and share your work with and, and, and highlight your work in our brewery. So I'm excited to have Amy Adams aquí con us. And <laughs> I'm gonna let you do a brief introduction for yourself and then we're gonna get into the beer tasting. All right, thank you. Thank you for the love, Lori. I appreciate that. It definitely was a, a meaningful conversation for us for our first meet as well. Um, and we just love the vibe. We just so happened to you know, come upon 67. It used to be the place that uh, had our blow up balloons for the parties, yep. but we were wondering what's, what's going on there now. So that's kind of what pulled us in. We ran into Olivier and, and realized, hey, this, this looks kind of like a nice vibe in place. So we love it. We love it there. We like the vibe, we love the space. Um, so it's no surprise that it would have been a, a spot I would have thought to be a, a welcoming space for my art as well. Um, I am a local artist as you all have been sharing. Uh, we originally were from the Bronx, New York. My husband is from Harlem. Uh, we came to Waltham probably close to, I want to say 15 years ago. And then we moved to Natick. So we've stayed local since. Um, and I just started getting into my art, really like honing into myself as an artist, probably about two to three years ago. Um, so I've always enjoyed art. Um, it just has never been something that I saw as something that I should pursue. Mm. Um, and I think it's because I came from a very traditional family where it's like, you know, you got to be the doctor or the lawyer or you got to be... Nobody wants to hear about you being an artist and drawing right. pictures and, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. My dad certainly was not welcoming of that idea. So it kind of was something that I talked away. And then um, I grew up and I went to nursing school <laughs> in college and my mom got sick. I stopped, took care of her. Um, and then it, it kind of was great for me because I ran into painting right around that time. It was therapeutic for me. So I jumped right into I gravitated towards something that was more comfortable for me uh, as a source of, of just therapy and relieving energy. And um, I found it as a way to connect with so many other people. There were so many things that I had like bottled up inside from people that I had met from uh, interactions that I had, experiences that I had, and, and painting was my way to get that out. And that just became a way to connect with people because they resonated with it. Um, and I just found an amazing community of people that like really related to the art and just took it in and loved it. So I just ran with it and I've been painting ever since. <laughs> that is powerful. Um, I, want, I know I wanted to, to sample the beer, but I have a question <laughs> based on that story. Because I know for me, I had a similar background and I ended up being you know, a scientist and now a lawyer. 
but ultimately I'm an artist, a musician, you know, this is my piece in the back, a key. And so what, what was it like for, huh? It calls you right back. Right. So what was it like for you having to kind of stifle your art um, and go into such a scientific background? Did you feel like you were suppressing an aspect of yourself? Yes and no. I felt like the the medical piece to that was always there for me. I always loved the idea of being a doctor or being a nurse. And for me, that was because I had family relatives, right, that were ill. And I watched my grandmother be like this homeopathic doc, right? Like she did everything at home for this, for her daughter, for my aunt, um, who passed away at 28. Um, and she had cerebral palsy and she just was, she couldn't move. It was like having a adult two-year-old woman in the home. Um, and I watched my grandmother do so much for her. So for me, that was a, a, an easy connect. Um, and I was like straight A student. Like I love science. Like I just, I'm all about the health stuff, right? So it wasn't that hard for me. But at the same time, it felt like I was suppressing that that part of me that I always wanted to, you know, kind of let loose. And so I, I struggled a little bit with, well, I guess, you know, I guess I can just lean this way and not so much the other way. But as I got older, it definitely was something that kind of was always in the background for me. That's pretty, that's awesome. I honestly think that understanding science kind of makes the world more beautiful. You see life itself as the artist and where it's canvas. Yeah, and a lot of it, a lot of it connects. So I, I'm able to pull a lot of those elements right into my art, right? Because you, you imagine like, um, I have one of the pieces at the brewery right now and it's a piece focusing on mental health, right? But you don't see that looking at it. Um, but that connection and that science piece to it fits in so that you're able to look at it and just know from my perspective, from the scientific perspective, right? I would say that these are all the things that we see first, right? We don't see that depth. We don't see that, that inner pain that people are feeling that, you know, people are, are there behind all of this masquerading. Um, and then as the artist part of me, I'm able to you know, share it in such a way that it can connect with both people, I think. That's powerful. That is really powerful. I think that now we are in the space where, is it beer time? Is it beer time? I don't have the, I have some inoculation downstairs, but today we really want to see what you, what your, what your, what your palate's feeling. Um, so we want to get your opinion on these various, so what do you have here? You have the inoculation. I, I have only the inoculation, but I will say that I have, uh, been by the brewery and have had opportunity to try them all. Hmm. Um, I love them all. I like inoculation very much. I actually had it this weekend. So it was a great choice to be able to bring home. Crack that open. Nice. And my, I did have a frosty glass here, so, um. Sure we get some of our form of <laughs> Not like that, a lot actually. I like, I feel like um, there's almost a little citrus back taste to that. 
And I like that a lot. It reminds me like a, it's almost like a, a mix of a, I don't know, I can taste that citrus in there. To me, this is almost like a cross between a blue moon and I want to say lost sailor. There's a little bit of a hop in there. Mm. And I like that too. I like happy beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hoppy beer that makes you happy. Yes. What I like about that beer in particular is like there are people who don't like hops. And I think it's right on that edge it's where it's so strong. Absolutely. It's it's very it's drinkable. So nice balance of malt and hops. Yes. Honestly, it makes me feel sophisticated. Like that's how I feel when I'm drinking. Like, ooh, look at these <laughs> these notes. <laughs> look at these notes. The citrusy notes. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm happy that you liked it. Did you get a chance to try the Irish Stout? I did. I tried that this weekend, too. And I actually liked that one, too. It's nice and smooth. It didn't have, nice. like a, it doesn't have, like, a rough, you know, back taste to that for a stout. So that was good for us. Right. The stout's like my cousin Olivier. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so tell him I said that. Delete. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is great. I'm really enjoying this conversation so far, and thank you for sharing. So now that you've had a chance to give us your opinion on the beer, we're getting back to you, okay? Because this is your this is your hour, your time, and you're doing a lot in um a lot in Franklin. I am my full time artist. I am taking care of my babies at home. I am getting my hands into a couple of different uh, galleries and trying to get into a few different places. Um, so I'm just now starting to, you know, kind of get my art out there. I do master classes probably every week. I see this guy that's in UK and he does like dope charcoal art. Ooh. And I'm just fascinated with trying to learn the skill into, I, I just, I'm, at a place, I think with my art that I want to know it all and do it all. So every mm. time I come across a new art, it's kind of like, I want to try that. You know, like for me, this is like every waking moment. I go to sleep dreaming about art. I, I dream about ideas and art that I'm going to put on my canvas and on my paper when I wake up. Um, I think my biggest challenge is probably finding the time to do all of that. Um, but I, I tell you, like, it's just 24-7. Like, <laughs> everything that I see is a piece of art. I can, I can see something blank and immediately see what's supposed to be there. And it, it's hard to uh, function when you can't do it. So I, I really get into, like, all right, I, I need to take a few minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, and so in my house, I'm, like, probably ghosting the family half the time. I'm, like, <laughs> this has to be put out I just gotta go put this down real quick um and I'm just so grateful like I have a super supportive husband that is just like all in he's just like go for it go do it what do we need to get let's let's go pick this up like he's so so super supportive um I, there's no way that I could have even come this far without him because I feel like he just is such an enabler and it's awesome to have somebody like that around you when you're the one that's always pulling back right your husband was my first day of working here. He was my first customer. And I remember him so well. Like he, he asked me, like, do you guys have artists in here? Like, can you have artists in here? Now it all comes together and it makes sense. <laughs> He's always looking out for you. 
that is superb. That's the kind of that's the kind of partner you need and enabler. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Especially because we're we're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum there with like um he's very talkative and outgoing, and I'm kind of not. I'm kind of a little more of an introvert. I gotta tell you that with this whole pandemic, I've been very comfortable. Right. <laughs> I've just been like, oh, we can't go out. That sounds Terrible. Terrible. powerful man that was a major nugget for me do everything uh plant every seed with love yeah and that's every aspect of your life you're we're always planting seeds going to the grocery store i could be walking next to somebody what seed can i plant in their lives just a smile can brighten their day right how are you you can go first in line yeah unpack that can i help you load that onto your you know and it's not about like i don't know i've always lived my life to or I've always been sort of in positions where I've been of service to other people and I think that's just how I was supposed to be right every aspect um from like every job that I've had everything that I've wanted to do has been in in sort of service right whether that was a a, a waitress or 
even in the healthcare field, that's a major form of service, right? Because it's hospitals, we don't like to admit it, but those are businesses, right? They're just like in and out, get people out. And you really don't know what people and the weight that they're carrying at home is. Like I mm-hmm. always think about, <laughs> you have no idea what that person is doing with at home. I mean, you should hope that they're good. They sure look like they're good, right? right? But you never know. And so uh, everything I, I just, I've always taught my kids and, and just anybody that I ran into that, you know, you really should like at least be a server once in your life so that you can learn the minimal amount of respect um, and what that takes to, to be for everyone. Oh, granted as parents, we wanna, we wanna teach our kids and we hope that we learn the lessons from our parents. But just, I, I think there are a lot of individuals out there that don't realize the impact that their words have every day. Absolutely. I truly believe our words are extremely powerful. And as you grow in wisdom, you understand it's important to use your mouth to speak truth. And truth is different to everybody, but it's important that we speak truth. And that's what art is for me. It's the, it's the way that I can express the, the honest emotion that's within me. So for me, it's really interesting how you say, now you create art for the world. That's because I don't want people to see those parts. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I guess for Lori to discover who Lori is and like from like, I don't, I, it's hard to transition from something that's so private and intimate to share it with the world. How did you make that transition? Oh, a lot of it was, like I said, you just have to click into the space where it's for someone else and not for you. Um, when my mom first got diagnosed, I was a hot mess in my life. I was just not ready for it. I just thought. You know, I, I barely got to know her angry about that, right? And I'm taking care of her and she's on her way out. We never even got to like mend, be this. So for me and my awesome supportive husband, right? Who would take me on daily walks just to like hear me. Um, I swear to saved my life a lot of times. And I, I felt like hey, the only way I'm going to get out of this is realizing that this is not about me. And as emotional as I was about my mom being ill, I was like, come on, how do you shift energy to like get somebody else to be better about themselves, feel better about themselves? And so immediately after I shifted, how I was viewing the situation, it changed everything. I mean, everything. We went from her having two days of life left to three more years. Wow. Um, and it, it literally came down to me saying, not for me Hmm. right so how do we get her to feel better about this how do we get her healthy how do we get her hanging out a little longer right because I have a younger brother and I'm like she's gonna miss so much right life right hasn't even seen him graduate high school so how do we do that um so I had to focus my energy in um making it about her and healing her healing her not worrying about you know everything we might have missed or anything like it just it all aligned and it felt like it was supposed to be that way as a lesson to me to teach me that it wasn't about me, that I, yeah. I was feeling the way I was feeling. But if I had just stayed the path that I always had followed, which was do it for someone else, you'll be good. And I was golden at the end of that. Um, you know, my mom is gone now, but we, we got that three years was like solid for us. We became BFFs, right? And we mended everything that we never had. And it was amazing for me because it was such a light. 
loves him. Like I want to make sure that I, I say that enough. Like it just, as long as you live in a space and in a place where you're putting someone else first mm. and you know, this is not like me saying don't love yourself, right? None of that. This is saying that this is the way to love yourself, right? right. That you're realizing that the world is bigger than yourself, right? And the energy that you put out ultimately makes you feel better. You're not like stuck in a place all the time that's in a negative space. So I always, every painting has like the most love, the most positive energy because I feel like it isn't for me. It feels like, you know, even if it was someone I ran into a thought, uh, a conversation that needed to be, their story needs to be told. And maybe they don't wanna be the one to tell it. And I'll, I'll put it down. And you know what, it may resonate with them and they may just thank me for it. And that would be enough for me to know that I reached where it needed to go. Right. That is extremely powerful. And you know, it, I kind of I, I kind of hear myself repeat these in other spaces, but not in art, where if you just create if you like, for example, I create businesses, my business can't be about me making money. It has to be about something bigger, something for my descendants, something for the community. It, once my objective is bringing people together, serving the community, making sure that I leave a legacy for my great, great grandchildren, the way I approach life is different. Yes. And so I think, you know, that's something we try to do in 67 degrees, but with everything that we do, we have to think about others and then it'll come. Everything yeah. else flows. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of the natural flow of things, right? If you think about it, it's just, you, know, you hear karma and you hear, you know, circles and, and energy and you just know, like, this is what goes out into the world. What you're right. putting out into the world, there's a rotation somewhere, right? And, and you have to imagine that there's a balance. And so if you're putting out this, this horrible energy on a daily basis, if you wake up every morning and you're like, oh, I don't want to think about my day and what's ahead. Um, and so I'm just going to like wallow in this space of just anger and just dissent from the rest of the day and nothing to do. Your whole day is going to be consumed with that feeling instead right. of, you know, you've lost, you've lost out. And the people that you could have connected to lost out to, um, where you could look at it and say, you know what, scrap it, today's a new day, let's start again, um, and let's just be more more outgoing in a way that's gonna let us be more positive, but not for me, right? Because for me, it's too personal. So, you know, I, I always say that art is very personal and, and you connect with art in a different way than the next person might. My daughter is 16 and she, she draws. And I ask her, I'm like, can I see your art book? No, she won't. <laughs> but I know, <laughs> I know why. Because it's, it's a journal. It basically right. is like for an artist, your art book, your personal art book, not your portfolio that you want the world to see because it's for them. Your art book, your space is just for you, Laurie. So it makes sense that you have things that, you know, you don't want to share with everybody that are just yours. And you could, you know, I have 12 million images um, that I'm never going to put out there, right? <laughs> and those are on rotation. Like, go ahead, go ahead, put it down. <laughs> but I know the minute I do, somebody will see it, right? Right. Um, even if it's in my house, I'll get questions. What is this book? Um, and it's, it's, it's 
person's diary. It's private. And so, yeah, you should definitely have one because it's therapeutic. Mine is in my head. It's safe there. <laughs> um, but if you don't have little ones running around your house, it's, it's you should. Right. But now I'm like, there's also this, the truth shall set you free. If it is my truth, what am I hiding for? And so that's where I'm trying to get to the point as well, being comfortable with all my truths so that I could be just in a state of illumination from all others. Like there's no aspect of myself that's too dark to be revealed to you. No aspect that's, I can't just always stay in light. So I, I, I endeavor to be in a state where I'm completely open, where you can look at all, everything and I'm not trapped by guilt or shame. So I guess as I progress in art, that will enable me to get to that space. That's the best way to live, I think. To so just be in a space where you're like, if it's for you, it's for you. And if it's not, you know, I just, like, what else do you say to, you know, I've had a couple of people that have uh, commissioned or requested art from me. I've done what they asked. And then I always say to people, before I say yes to the job, I'll say, okay, I'll do it. Um, but if you don't dig it, you're not obligated to get it. I don't want that for any of my art. Right. I don't want anybody who's not supposed to have it to have it. Because if I create something that you asked me for and then you don't like it or you don't want it, or you know what, it doesn't connect with you the way that you thought it would, um, then I want that piece to go to somebody who is going to connect with it, right? right. It's feel like waste for me that I spent time that you, you're not interested in it. Um, and then it's not gonna do anything for you. That's right. not what I want my art to do or be. Like I want it to be positive. I want it to be fueled by love and energy. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I would say, I would say a, a lot of things about you sharing your art, go for it. Um, if you feel like a good way to start might be just put it up in your own space. Like just putting it down and putting it up in your own space so that you could see it. It's almost like sitting in front of a mirror and like mm -hmm. talking to yourself about all of the affirmations that you need to tell yourself throughout the day, right? right. We wake up in the morning, like as a parent, in the middle of a pandemic, my life is like, <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> it's okay that the little one has managed to leave a see-through toy on the floor that you're going to step on again in two minutes, but you can do this, right? Like <laughs> the most disabling thing ever is to step on small things. Um, right. You know, or it might be that, that job or that thing that you really want and you need to talk yourself through it. You know what? This is just, I'm pissed off at this person, but this is preparation. This is inspiration. This is my fuel to get me to where I need to be. And that's how you need to take it. Like you can't sit in a space where it's just going to pull you down. Right. There's enough negative gravity in the world. We don't need any more of it. Absolutely. So you got to like pull yourself up through the bootstraps, share your art, let it be your therapy, let it be your, your life you know, your life force, just let it be that on the wall that you're looking at and then feel good about it. Love it. You know, it's a part of you. Absolutely. I love that. How did you choose the paintings in 67 to come to 67? Was there any intention behind it or? Every painting has intention. Every right, single right, painting right, right. has a story. Um, and I'm reluctant because as a new artist, what I read and run into is everything on you know, social media or in the world of art, oh, you're not supposed to 
um, like give a story with a painting. You want the person viewing it to get their own story from it. And, you know, if you want to sell your art, but again, for me, it's like, I needed to connect with the right person. So I, I want you to know the intent to the story because I'm not here to tell you when you're ready to ask me what inspired this. I'm not here to tell you, um, you know, what are all the little secrets in the painting, right? Like <laughs> that each painting has something. It either glows in the dark, it glows under black light, it uh, has a hidden message behind it or underneath some little spot. Every single painting has something. Um, and a lot of them are inspired by, like I said, just either medical situations or, or just daily, issues that we're dealing with right now, right? We're in the middle of this pandemic. We have all of these social justice issues that are jumping off. We have, you know, mental health just on the crazy jump. We have, you know, just people feeling in, in so many different ways, just completely beat down, right? Um, and how do you connect with people that you can't reach? And right. so, the, the artwork that's at 67, every one of those pieces has a story. And so I know you guys have some of the, the, the brightest colors. I usually use lots of bright, bold colors. Um, I use, sometimes if I use muted colors then, or monochrome colors, there's another thing to it. You probably can black light it out and it's a whole nother painting. Like <laughs> it's never just what you're seeing. I love that. I remember the the glow in the there was a glow in the dark one. You have to turn all the lights off to see it. That one is super lit because people come in and they're like, "What what is this painting about?" And I'm like, "You got to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> you got to turn the lights off to see it." So there there were a couple like that, and so uh, me I think was like what looks like a white canvas sitting uh, near the bar area, and you know. Right in the middle of that painting, you'll see like a little dot of glitter or something. It's just like gold. And then like you've taken your meaning from that, right? But the, the painting was called Me. Um, I actually just picked it up this week. <laughs> You're looking for a Sydney. We're <laughs> worried it was gonna get dirty because it's so close to the bar. Um, and so, but that's the one. You turn out the lights and then Me glows really large, like takes over the whole canvas, right? Um, and then somewhere in the center, there's like another one. And then it's just, it, it could be representative of a person and how they feel in the entire world or just how big they feel when no one's looking, right? Because the lights are out. Like there's just so many different meanings to it. Um, and then there's Venus and she's sitting uh, right at the bottom there too. And she's one, you cut off the lights and you can, she glows in the dark or under black light, that's a whole nother thing. There is uh, the two ballerinas, a black ballerina and a white ballerina. And the story behind that, they're doing the exact same thing. And if you look at them, their images are exactly the same with the difference of their skin color. And right between them is a mirror. And it's just like speckled gold all through the painting, which is supposed to resemble being trapped within a mirror. You ever seen those old mirrors that start to lose their you know, their sheen and they're just like cracked and broken out. So this is what it is. These two people are stuck behind this mirror and they're so focused on what we see 
which is the outside, the skin color, and they're just looking at each other. They're just ballerinas. They're just trying to dance. They're just trying mm-hmm. to share emotion. Like they're just trying to share their art and that bit, that piece of them. Um, and then there's just so much more meaning, but I, I listed everything under one of those, each one of those paintings to kind of try to explain to anybody looking at it while I'm not there, but um, yeah, every piece that's at 67 is incredibly meaningful. It's incredibly thought out to be there on purpose. <laughs> and I felt like because the vibe and the energy there um, deserves it. Like, I feel like it, it, what better place to showcase, you know, your, your work that is all around dancing and all around art and all around love and all around energy than a place that you know, you feel that when you walk in, mm-hmm. you feel it. Like, it's just such a great atmosphere. You feel love when you walk in there. It's just such a space that it's just perfect for it. It's yep. very welcoming space. Oh, uh, Olivia and I, uh, we have the same maternal grandmother. That's our, our cousinship. Oh, okay. our maternal grandmother, even in Haiti and when she moved to America, she was known for bringing people together. She always brought folks together and it always felt like love and it doesn't matter if we were in a you know really poor place or really nice place the love always felt the same and even when you come to my house my mother has the same energy as my grandmother so if you come into my house you'll feel the same love and i think when i walk in here and i feel the vibe i'm just i just feel like my grandmother's spirit is there cuz that's what she would have wanted people were coming together having a good time and just putting that take putting down the masks and having a good time she loved having a good time <laughs> that feeling is definitely there i would say so your grandmother definitely her spirit is living in that spot it so is <laughs> it, it definitely is something that we we felt and loved coming on in like it just wouldn't be a space that we would come back to if we felt like you know the energy there just isn't right um but everybody is love like from the staff to you know the the location the place whatever it, it's it's in a quiet spot over there. And I really feel like it just doesn't get enough attention because of where it is. But that's the kind of the, the, the beauty to it, right? It's like a hidden jewel, a little gem back there um, where you know people that haven't gone there are really kind of missing out on the love and the energy that's there. Um, and people really should try to make it out to check out that love. Cause really like the staff is great. Um, everyone is attentive and even with a pandemic like I feel everyone was really just trying to like show love and understanding you know right and that's that's hard to find a lot of places now are struggling and dealing with stuff and they're um you know probably mistakenly just off-putting energy that you know but not you guys <laughs> I think you know for me the the gift that we got through this pandemic was Whenever I, we show up there, particularly me, I feel like I get to make, allow someone to feel normal again. And that to me, make that, that is what feeds me. Like I get to give you a sense of normalcy. I'm not going to treat you like you're diseased or anything's wrong with you. I'm going to respect you. You know, we're going to honor all of the boundaries we need to honor, but within honoring it, you're never going to feel like I think that you're diseased or that you're less than a human being. My job is to make you feel like you're more than a human being, you know, that your spirit and that your love. Yeah, it definitely comes through. And I, I think it, we're in a time where so many people need that. You know, people are, like I said, going through a whole bunch of stuff. And just, just yesterday or the day before, I think we stopped in at Marshall's. I can't 
understand what we were doing there. But we were in Marshalls and just as we get to this one aisle, this woman starts talking to us and um, she just goes on and on and on. And I'm thinking, poor soul, right? I'm thinking she might just be happy to see people who knows if this is the first time she's gone out, it's nice out, you know, and, and just, just really understanding that some people just don't have people to talk to when some people are like super chatty, even though I seem like that right now. I'm not super chatty. I promise you, I am more of an introvert than you can imagine. I'm probably very comfortable in this room. That's it. Yeah. That's the key. Keep you home and then we'll get all the... <laughs> and then you can talk to me all you want. I can um, talk to you all you want. <laughs> no, but I thought, again, you know, like this was a, a situation where it felt like be that for this person, right? Because you don't know what they're dealing with. Right. And yeah. Be sweet. Be kind to everybody. Like, just do it just do it <laughs> literally every time i've been unkind to somebody even when i was justified when i when their past is revealed to me in the traumas they've been through i oh i then i'm like wow i had no reason to judge them because if i were raised by those parents in that social economic condition in that environment would i be different and the answer is i don't think i would be and so i don't stand in a position to judge this human all I can do is show them kindness and forgiveness in the moment and then move forward. It absolutely isn't our place to judge anybody. I, I feel like um, even with my art, like when I paint and I'm putting out um, deeper parts of subjects that I feel um, don't pertain to me, I, I, I'm not judging about them right so like my favorite piece still to this day is freedom um and it's a piece about addiction right i'm not an addict but i've known plenty in my life right um and i just feel like that piece connects with me anyway right and i'm not judging anybody who connects with that piece because i feel such a sense of empathy it's just you know this was for you and in every painting, there's like a real sense of hope in there. Like freedom is a piece that is about addiction. This woman is like in shackles, but her shackles are broken, right? Um, she still has like pieces of this shackle in her mind. Like this you'll see in the painting, right? And her head is like floating about in space um, as her body is kind of floating. Like she lost her footing, right? Um, and then you can see the heartbeat coming across her chest. She's still very much alive, but she feels like she's missing these, these elements of, of life because she's struggling with this addiction that she's no longer technically tied to, but she's tied to it in her head. Um, and the hope there is that she has that, that heartbeat. The hope there is that she has this snake wrapping around her wrist to give her life, that, that, you know, that medical piece pops in, right? right? that symbolic piece of uh, health and, and uh, just new life. And for every piece that I make, there is a sense of hope and love in it. And, and it's just because we can't, we shouldn't judge anybody. Like, right. I believe that we, we live by that. You should, never, especially folks who are dealing with addiction. Mm -hmm. I think many people are very ignorant and why can't you stop? Why can't you do this? You're, you've never walked a mile in that person's shoes. You couldn't even possibly understand what led them there. 
And so all we can do is show them compassion, provide information, be a you know, uh, be a support to that person. But so I completely, completely agree with you. And even producing a piece like that, I hope it activates empathy in the hearts of everybody who sees it. I hope so too. I mean, really for me, it just is, addiction is so large too. It's like, it, it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. Like it can be, you're a shopping addict, okay? It can be like, you're addicted to, to hoarding or you're addicted right. to like anything, anything. And I think that the problem is that sometimes even then we can be judging on the scale of, oh, how bad is your addiction? Right. Is that really an addiction? Is that, you know, there's so much- Right, pain, that's true with comparing. So judginess that goes into everything that sometimes we don't realize how, you know, how our words impact other people. So it's important to, to recognize that full scale. Um, Absolutely. I, mean, I, I just hope to always be able to connect with people through my art. So I, I, we have MMIW at 67. For me, that was another piece that was so important. Um, we have our indigenous women that are being taken and murdered and no one's saying anything. We're, we're living in a really rough climate, right? Mm. We got Black Lives Matters jumping off, MMIWs jumping off. We got now Asian Americans that are coming out and are realizing, hey, this is not fair. Things are happening. Right. Right, and we're being attacked. And so there's a lot of different groups of people that are um, suffering in ways that we, each other, as a group of people, haven't seen, haven't noticed because we're not looking left and right of us, right? We're not looking at the people that are standing beside us and their pain. We're too busy like going on about our own business. So right. I'm hoping that in a way my, my art is able to create a bridge that helps people kind of across the platform maybe look to your left and maybe look to your right. right. And kind of maybe bring awareness to some of these issues. I hope that you know my art is able in that way. I feel like that's probably the closest and the best way that I can still be able to sort of practice in the medical field without being in the medical field. Producing healing art. <laughs> right. I love that. So everything about everything that I've done has been around like medical field too, right? So I. Uh, I had right before painting, I had a bath bomb skincare business. I work a lot with essential oils and crystals and like, I love them, right? I just, I'm all about this energy, right? Right. Um, but everything has been about like, how do I heal? How do I fix? How do I, you know, mend something? Um, and even with the poor plants that I keep on killing, like I just want to keep planting seeds of love and hope that <laughs> something grows like, you know, we had a whole great garden last year. You know, um, COVID time wasn't lost on us in the garden. It was great. You know, we just, we spent a lot of time. We were able to yield some of the fruit from that. So it was a great lesson. Um, you know, but then winter came. <laughs> Killed a lot of plants. <laughs> we got hard trying to remember to water everything. <laughs> my husband we had a, a greenhouse that i had put on my, uh, my wish list i wanted a greenhouse for the backyard uh last year so i got a greenhouse i put all Ooh. my plants in there it was so beautiful and then um my husband was like so you move the plants outside and you haven't watered them 
well, there's rain outside, right? But they can't get it because there's a cover over the. <laughs> so this is where the plants are going to die. <laughs> wow. I had a coffin for plants out in the greenhouse. Um, and it's terrible. Like I, I moved it from the end of the yard to like right in front of the kitchen window because I'm always in the kitchen, right? Like I'm always looking out the window in the kitchen. I just won't go outside. Um, and so I'm admiring. <laughs> oh, look, the sun is out, but I'm not going to go right out there because I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then what happens is I've, I've forgotten. So we're not going to do the greenhouse this year. <laughs> think I'll plant things in the ground and then we'll just like let the nature water itself and see what happens. Like we're that. still planting every seed with love. That's good. It's a lesson. Every seed you plant doesn't prosper and it's right. they're not all right. seed. That was a lot of them. Brian <laughs> though. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Uh, the next question I was going to ask you was about how do you incorporate social justice and you know some of the things that are occurring that are suboptimal into your art and you just explain that do you, is that something that you find important to do or does it just happen naturally because you're expressing it, it's so important to do and a lot of times it's very naturally happening um MMIW was triggered by I finished that painting in a day um, and for me, I just couldn't stop painting. Like nothing in the house could keep me from finishing that painting. And I just, for me, was such an emotional, um, and just so much emotional love went into that painting because I felt so moved by the story to it, right? Um, it was inspired by a, a real life girl, real life woman, who was basically telling the story that her aunt had gone missing and she was missing for nine days. And the police did not file a report. They were not looking for her. They did not notify anybody. Nothing happened. When they finally found her, she had been dead for seven days. She was out in some field. Uh, she had been abused. Um, and she was beaten. And, you know, she proceeds to, like, put her hand on her mouth to just say that the silence you know, it's deafening, right? The silence is deafening. You, you, you're tired of talking. No one's hearing you, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, that is horrific. Like I felt that so deep. I felt that. I don't know why um, that connected so deeply with me, but I felt that really deep. Um, I was very emotional. And I thought, you know, where's the strength in this, right? And so I actually... The woman standing up with her fist in the air is the woman who told the story. And I put the hand on the mouth on the second woman, which would resemble her aunt. Um, and then, you know, all of the messages that tie in with MMIW, where is she? Am I next? Uh, no more stolen sisters. You know, all of that went into the painting as well. And for me, it just really was um, a piece that I needed to get out. And I actually sent it to her and she was like completely moved and all that. But I really felt like that seems to be the story of so many. And it just is, justice isn't served if nothing changes. And I feel like we need to start somewhere, somehow try to make some of these changes. So, you know, we can look within ourselves, we can look at our neighbors, we can increase awareness, we can start 
going to these rallies, we can start figuring how to move and shake some things in the system from higher places. Absolutely. Um, because as a people, I don't know how much is really changing. So it's sad. It's sad, but these messages do need to get out. And I do think that the more people that are are hearing about it, right, are, are, are responding. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's a slow moving wheel, but I'm hopeful, you know, that something will shift. Absolutely. It must. Yes. It must. And I think it comes from, especially us as women, uh, having each other's backs, remembering we're sisters, despite being born in bodies with different colors and shapes exactly. and whatever. Exactly. We're still being like our, our sister, look at what's happening in the Asian community. Look what's happening in the Latin American community. Look what's happening even, even in Europe with the sex trafficking in Russia, in those places. So all women of all colors are going through negative experiences. I think it's time for us all to unite and realize we're all one. Right. And we're in charge as women and carrying forth a lot of the culture. And in that, you know what I mean? And in that we have to support each other because that's the role we play. Powerful. Man, take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> and this is great um i really like the fact that you are so intentional about what you put out and even though you approach topics i may not be the easiest to digest you try to infuse it with with um so much love that people can consume it um and take the lesson from it so that's a, that's actually a really a, a gift <laughs> thank you thank you that's, that's the hope you know that it it doesn't hit anybody in an offensive way, but you know, in, in this nature, I try to take lessons from my husband, right? He's, he's like the social justice king, right? Um, and he runs into people on a regular basis that are not welcoming and that are not um, trying to hear reality, right? The reality for so many other people anyway. And you know, how he, how he deals with that is saying, let's have the conversation, let's talk about it open that up and, and, and in this and in his very non-threatening um, teddy bear way self that he is he's able to have these conversations with people and meet them where they are um, and so you know I, I look to him for a lot of those things because I, I am a girl from the Bronx and a lot of times I want to say things <laughs> <laughs> that are just really like how can you not see this, right? Um, and, and that's probably where the, the Latina in me comes in, right? Because I could be like up here uh, with my voice level. And I think that years of being out here in Massachusetts might have like dulled it down a little bit where, you know, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, um, but I'm not always so so ready to like, sit down and have the conversation that people are not ready to have so I think mm -hmm. that my art is the only way that I could come across a little more gently um come across in a way like you're saying that is more a little easier to digest because I'm not gonna be like we gotta talk about this right because I'm, I'm putting it on my canvas so now I'm like this is why I'm doing this Right. <laughs> and I hope you understand why. Um, and that's kind of it. You know, 
so a lot of people don't get to absorb the part of me that might really just be like, this is not fair. <laughs> right. Um, and so it works for me in a, in a better way uh, to be able to say it through my art. Right. Because um, that, that's the part of me that I think is not so negotiable, where I want fairness, where I want equality, where I want love. You know, I want, I want to see everybody love each other. You can't make people love each other, right? So you have to kind of make it in ways that they are able to relate to each other. And then, so if I see myself in someone else and they see themselves in me, then they'll see that we are more alike than not. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's it. I hope that every piece of art that I do comes across just that way. Somebody sees you. Right. Um, and that, that's it. We're just, like I said, Laurie, I can't say it enough. It's about love, positive energy, and just trying to make the world better. One little piece at a time. I love this. Man, you see, Andy, we thought we were going to wrap up. No, there's more, there was more life in there for you to, to, to spread with on this podcast. <laughs> this is excellent. So we, as, so that we are actually nearing the real end of this podcast. And so one of the things I would want to ask you is, if, do you have any closing remarks, anything you want to wrap up? You've dropped so many seeds. I think for me, what I'm going to take from this is that I need to continue to just spread love in any way that I can and to plant my seeds with love. Right. Every seed with love. Every, Every seed, seed with love. Every seed. Oh, no, really, I am just, I'm humbled that you guys asked. I'm grateful uh, that you had me on. I'm just all of that, all love. I'm really grateful. Um, and I just hope that people who run into this that actually bothered to listen all the way through got what they needed to get from it that day. So absolutely I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we are going to sign out. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, drop a comment below, like, share. Inoculation, it'll get you talking. It'll Absolutely. You talking. See, that's why we're like, do the, do the tasting first. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, this is the first podcast episode and who better to start it with? And what better message to start this podcast with than a message of love, hope, and understanding. If you're listening to the podcast and you're not feeling great, you matter. You're important. You are envisioned to be here. There's a reason for you to be here right now. And so I'm grateful that you found your way to this podcast and made it inspire you. And, you know, if you ever need anything, we literally answer our DMs ourselves. So you're not, you're talking to us and we're, when we're here for you. Like everything Amy was saying about desiring to form a community, that's it. And part of a community is there's no person who should suffer alone. Big mama is the key. <laughs> Estamos aquí. Estamos aquí. Okay, we're here for you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amy. So Thank we're gonna. Sorry, bye, Sydney. Arrivederci. <laughs> Peace. Bye. bye.